Your call is now live. Good afternoon. This is Gavin Ekstrom. I'm honored to be here to talk to you today about mastering the follow-up. Now, there's several areas that we can talk about when we talk about follow-up. I want to use this platform today to talk more in relation to real estate agents, both buying agents and listing agents, because what I feel and what I see in our market is we, we have a great meeting, we get them on the phone, we meet for coffee, we go out, we wow each other, and then nothing happens immediately, so then we're sitting there with, with uh, no, um, no follow-up, no plan, no process, and so I want to talk to you further about that. Mastering the follow-up to me means that it's a full-contact sport. What I mean by that is you're going to have to call, email, text, video, and visit. If you're not using video in your follow-up, you're missing it, okay? If you've got a piece of paper in front of you, I want you to write down these initials, D-W-Z-C-D. D as in dog, W as in what, Z as in Zillow, C as in car, D as a dog. Stands for we need to be doing what Zillow can't do. And the one thing that I know Zillow can't do, Quicken can't do, and Amazon can't do in their businesses is master the follow-up the way we can because we are relational and not transactional. We have to remember all things are earned over time. Just because you had a great meeting with an agent doesn't mean that you're solidified the relationship and the ability to move forward and, can, and starting to get business from one another. Trust is earned in, in drops but lost in buckets. So when you're meeting with an agent at an initial meeting and you promise to do something and you forget to do it or you don't do it in timely fashion, that is losing trust right out of the gate. We got to be entertaining, we got to be fun, and we've got to be energetic. The initial call and getting getting uh, rejected is not always exciting, so we got to embrace that. We got to embrace the chase, which is part of the follow-up. My wife has always said this: "Treat me like you did when we were dating, and they will there will be no end." And so I've adapted that into my agent business with the realtors that I work with on a consistent basis. Agents want three things. They want attention, they want an easy, predictable process, and they wouldn't mind a lead every now and then. We have to remember that and that's what we have to deliver on. So embrace the chase. It's probably the best part. The process, what I'm going to talk to you today about is a 10-week follow-up process. I'm going to tell you what I do during this 10 weeks. I'll email it out to you so you guys have it as well. But this 10-week process is what works for me. does not mean that it's going to work for you. So don't just copy mine and take it and run with it. You're going to need to do what's going to work for you and what you can commit to consistently doing on the follow-up. Okay? Yes, it's going to mean a lot of calls, it's going to mean a lot of email, it's going to mean a lot of text, video, and getting outside of your comfort zone. 
But what I find the most successful agents do is they do this on a consistent basis, but they also have a system, a structure, and a process behind it, so it's not all left on their shoulders, okay? Here's a few things that an agent's going to consider before making a decision to either meet with you and or work with you. Number one is do they like you? Are you likable, right? Sometimes we have to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, gosh, would I even like myself? If, if your, if your uh, personality was on sale at Costco, would they buy it or would they walk right by it? Would they say, that's what I want, I want that in my life, because if so, then that's you, then that's how your personality needs to be portrayed. Do I like them? Do I like the company they represent? It's a big thing in our market right now, right? There's a lot of shopping going on. There's a lot of companies popping up, a lot of brokers. But do they like the company that, uh, that you represent? Why or why not, right? Are you more valuable than what they currently have? So when you're meeting or you're talking to an agent to, to then progress into the follow-up, are you more valuable to them than the current partnership or relationship that they currently have now? And do they feel like you have good business sense? Do you run a good business? And do you have a good reputation? Reviews online, what do they say about you? If they don't say what you want them to say, then you need to work on that to make sure that they portray who you are what your business and what your character is, is like. And then are you referable? Do you look the part of it a professional? Part of the summit, we talked about dressing for success, looking the part. Don't show up in, in jeans and a, and a golf shirt to a loan application, right, or to an initial meeting. So I want to talk about developing a 10-week process around the follow-up after you meet with the agent, after you've delivered on, on these valuables and, and these commitments or guarantees, I want to talk about that follow-up process and what has worked for me. Because what I find is, like I said earlier, is you meet with the agent, then basically you're going back hoping that you're, you're going to get business and then nothing ever happens because we fail in the follow-up. What I find most of is most people don't have a process for the follow-up. 48% of, of salespeople never follow up with a prospect. This could be a listing agent. This could be a buyer's agent. 25% of salespeople make a second contact and then stop. So they call twice, right? You're, you're going after a well or you're going after a agent that can help change your life, and you call two times, and then you never call again or they give you the casual brush off and then you never talk to them. 12% uh, of salespeople only make three contacts and stop. Only 10% of salespeople make more than three contacts. So if you make four contacts to a real estate agent that you're chasing, you're already in the top tier. You're in the Josh Stigman world, you're in my world, the Jeremy Forcier world. We do not stop, we're relentless. Because we don't mind if they're going to hang up on us. We don't mind if they tell us no. It's not a matter of if, but when they're going to say yes, right? We can all look at ourselves. I'm sure there's somewhere, somehow, somebody consistently told you no 
I, I always relate that to my wife. I had to ask her out 10 times before I only got a yes. Well, relate that to our business, right? 2% of sales are made on the first contact. Guys, gals, if you're thinking that when you meet with an agent that they're just going to say, oh, my gosh, Gavin, you're so great. We should work together even though I have a 10-year relationship. I'm going to send you all my business. If you get that, you probably don't want that agent. 3% of sales are made on the second contact. 5% of sales are made on the third contact. 10% of the sales are made on the fourth contact. 80% of sales are made on the fifth to the twelfth contact. The problem is most salespeople find other reasons not to follow up, and that's where the fortune's made. When I started in the core over six and a half years ago, I, I was doing pretty well. I was making 367000 when I started. The last two years consecutively, I've made over $3 million. And the number one thing I can tell you, outside of the accountability and the, the, the process, the system, the structure that the core has given me, has been understanding how to master the follow-up and utilizing the resources around me to make sure that we're consistently top of mind when somebody says mortgage lender in our market that we come we come to the top. So let me tell you how I work. And a lot of this, you're going to say, man, that's repetitious. I've heard this before. It's it's part of the core. Is when I meet with an agent, I always do a gentleman's a gentleman's agreement. Hey, because what I find agent is we have a great meeting like this. We both leave and then nothing happens. Would you please write down the three things that you would expect from me in the next 30 days, and I'll write down the three things that I expect from you in the next 30 days, and let's continue this relationship. And I literally will write down three things that I've gotten from that needs analysis. Most of the three things that I write down, number one, I want 100% of all your leads for the next 30 days. Number two, if you are going to need me to close a loan, quicker than 10 days, I need a phone call to give me a heads up. And number three, if you are going to do any marketing at all, events, what have you, I want to be the first person you call before you call any other lender. Those are the three things that, that I write down. Generally, the three things that I see them write down is consistent communication, don't call me with bad news without a solution, and be available. And we both sign it and we walk away. That's my commitment to then start following up. All right. I know I, I went, I've, we've got a lot to unpack. We've got 30 minutes, but I'm going to open it up. Are there any questions about what we've talked about thus far that has prompted, hey, well, what do you do in this situation? Or is there anything that's, that's prompted a question that you guys want to ask me at this point? Um, well, the star one feature will place you in the question queue, and at this time we do have a question from Adam. Your line is now open. Yeah, hi, Gavin. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Good. Hey, quick question, because I know you're going to get into 10 steps or uh, your 10-week follow-up, and you talked about what they're looking for in us. Can you hit on real briefly what you're looking for in them before you decide whether to do the follow-up or not? Yes. I feel like everybody should get the follow-up. Now, what I mean by that is at least some, some level of it, correct? Like if I have a meeting, Adam, with an agent, and I find out, man, 
he or she's not energetic, they're not goal-oriented, they don't want to grow, they're not going to make an impact in our community. If those if those four boxes aren't checked, I really don't I don't look at their production, right? Are they going to be a drain on resources if they don't check those four boxes? What I found is most likely yes. And it's okay at that at that meeting to say, "Man, you've got a great business. I just don't think that we're going to align." And I'll give you an example of that. Guys, I have six kids, run a region, run one of the most successful branches in the core and still produce at a very high level. I'm insane. I get it. But I had a guy tell me that, hey, for you and I to do business, you got to answer your phone 24-7, even if I call you at 4 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday. And I'm like, well, that just doesn't work for me. However, I've got a loan officer in my branch that I'm going to refer you to and see if that will work for him. He's single and he doesn't. You know, he doesn't have a lot of agents. He doesn't have a lot of responsibility. It might be a good fit. I never followed up with that guy. So you got to use your judgment, right? Does that help you? Yeah, thank you. I'm just looking for what you look for is turnoffs. Yeah, I mean, just because they have a, a license doesn't mean you have to work with them, right? And And your intuition is probably correct. What I don't want to see you do is I don't want to see you go and do my MTA, broker metrics, find all their stats, and then go in with a pre-notion that, oh, this agent isn't any good, right? Because I'll tell you what, I met an agent in an open house this year, right? Low-producing agent, but she was on a team. She's okay, but I got her to introduce me to the team lead who's fantastic, Right. And so just, you know, play your cards right. Like you're pretty smart at this level. Like, let's just make sure that you're you're reading your intuitions and, and, you know, making a good judgment call on them. But if it doesn't feel right and it doesn't feel like when that phone's going to ring and you see that agent's name that you're going to pick it up and want to answer it with enthusiasm, it's probably not the right agent. Make sense? Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Any other questions? Yes, next we do have John. Your line is open. Hey, John. Hey, hey, Gav. Do you position your follow-up any differently when you're working with a developer or a builder versus a real estate agent? No. It's the same. Because I, 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 want, I want it to run the same. Even the guys I, I recruit, so even when I'm recruiting, it's very similar to what I do with my realtors, very similar. So I don't. I think like I work with a builder, a national home builder, the tenth largest home builder in the country. It's, it's a good portion of my business. I follow the same process when I'm working with new sales managers or new agents that come on with that group. So it's the same follow-up process. Thank you. Help? Very much. Thank you. Good. Any other calls? At this time, there are no additional guests in the question queue. All right. I'm going to run through what I do, ten week, the 10-week plan. Again, you'll have access to this today. But obviously, number one is when I make it is I, is I make sure that the appointment is placed in my calendar immediately. Follow-up uh, text and a follow-up email on how excited and honored I am that they're going to take the time to meet with me and I know their time is valuable, I will not go over the slotted amount of time that they're giving me to talk to them. 
okay? If it's 15 minutes, guys, stop at 15 and say, I know I only promised you 15. Can I continue? Right? It shows that you respect their time. I always check them out on social media. Yeah, like Adam said, like, what if it's not the right agent? I'm going to go research them and see. What are they doing on the weekends? Does it look like – I want to know that they're referable too because we are in this together. We as together, your clients aren't going to see you different. So if they're doing things on the weekend or they look like they run a different lifestyle than you choose to, probably not somebody you want to align with, right? I'm going to research, research their, their LinkedIn profile, Facebook, um, I'm going to look at their website, right, and see, do they work on a team? How big is their team? What are the different uh, positions that they have on their team? And is there somebody else that, that's on their team that we need to be meeting with uh, at a future date, i.e., like I said, on the, the person that I met with at the open house? Um, some people like to confirm the appointment the day before. Others do not. Here's a couple tactics around that. Number one is I always do confirm the appointment. I don't personally do it. If you don't have an assistant, then have your receptionist even have another processor or a loan officer confirm your appointments and you confirm theirs and confirm them the day before. If you are not going to confirm the appointment, take your laptop, take your lead tracker, take some something that you can do in case they no-show you. Now, I got this from Jeremy Forcier. He does not confirm the appointments. So he'll show up, literally wait about 10 minutes, order coffee, but order it under the name of the person he's meeting with. So if I'm meeting with Adam, I order my coffee, but they ask what your name is. I put Adam on there. I take a picture of the coffee, send it to Adam, and say, 15 minutes late, are you on your way? Where are you, Right. And then lo and behold, Adam calls and says, oh, my gosh, I completely forgot. No problem. You're there prepared to do work. And so they feel totally guilty, right? So you're guilting them into the next appointment. Hey, no problem, Adam. When can we meet again? Well, man, I'm super embarrassed. Let's meet next week. Why don't you come to my office, right? Or I'm not a coffee person anyway. Can we go just have a happy hour? Yeah. Then you do the same thing. Hey, I've got your beer waiting for you. Where are you? Oh, I cannot believe I, I forgot again. Right? Now you're guilting them one more time, and they almost feel so guilty that they just start sending you business anyways. So you choose whether you're going to confirm the appointment or not, but whatever you choose to do, then you stay that way all the way through. Uh, day of appointment, handwritten card, mailed to them. And my cards are different. They have pictures of me, my family. So there's different cards that I use for different, different times. But I send the card out. I then send the video out. And then I reference the meeting. But I never leave without a follow-up appointment. And my process is, is I meet them there on their turf, do the needs analysis. Some people call it the two-step close. And then I bring them back to my world in my office to meet the team, and that's where we, we really wow them, and I walk them through our process. So we go about, we go through the All About You form, we walk, walk them through as if they were a client so they can see the life of the loan in our environment, and we wow them. The rest of what we do is very similar to what I said, uh, and you'll see this when I send it out, is I send a core CD, right? 
I sent it MP4. So now it's on their phone. So now they have it on their phone at any time they can go in and listen to it. No one listens to a CD anymore. So we send an MP4. And then I call them. It gives me a reason to call. Did you get my text? I just sent you a, a top producer's uh, listing presentation on, on uh, video and or whatever it is. Like I use Marjorie, Marjorie Adams' um, Never Lose a Listing. That's the first one I send out. So I call them to discuss it. I wait two days and I call them to discuss it, right? I ask them what they're doing that weekend. I ask them if there are any clients that they're taking out that weekend that are not able to qualify with the current lender that they're with for the amount that they want to be able to purchase. So what I mean by that is do you have a client that's, that needs to be at 550 but only qualifies for 400 Do yourself and them a favor. Will you get them to me so that I can look at either reducing their debt, reducing MI, looking at the area that they're buying and are taxes less in specific areas in your market versus others, right? But looking at their tax returns as well, is there more income that we can come up with? And finding a way that I can provide more value to them than that current lender if I can get them to a higher price point. So that's like my first week call. I'm immediately out of the gate consistently asking for um, asking for the, the business. Um, in addition to that, week two, I go, they're on my top 40 now, right? Again, ask them about, did they, did they um, listen to the CD, right? The second week, I'm inviting them to something, whether I'm teaching a lunch and learn, whether they're a mastermind or an event that we have here. So I simply just stick to this process. It's in, it's in Outlook and Salesforce, so I get the updates. I do gift them, right? The, the favorite gift, and I'll send you the link for it, is on uh, week 10. By now, I've, I've blown their socks off. So we literally have a company, and I'll send you guys the link for it, where I can get socks made with their faces all over it. And when I send them to the agent, you know, saying, hey, I hope we've blown, by now I hope we've blown your socks off, and they open it, and it's their face, they're more likely to wear them than if they were mine, and they literally wear them throughout the office, and everybody asks them about them. I've had multiple people in multiple offices that were recruiting, you're like, oh my gosh, you work with Gavin? Yes. Oh my gosh, he's so good. A half an hour is a lot to, to uncover this entire process, so it's going to be more explanatory when I send it over to you. Um, but here's the thing. You have to implement it in a way that it works for you that's going to be successful. And if, if what I do doesn't work for you, then don't do it. But insert something that works for you and stick to the system. The other thing, too, is is you got to delegate 90% of this. The only thing that you should be doing is the call, the video. I don't even send, I don't even send the text. It comes from my phone, but the gals send the text, right? Um, the call and the video and the visit need to be from you. You'll, this will make more sense when you see it, right? And it will outline it better for you. Um, but the biggest thing, like I said, is, is attention, easy, predictable process, being consistent in what you're doing. And remember, lead fo- like following up 
is a full contact sport, and 80% of sales are made on the 5th to the 12th contact. So that 10-week follow plan has to be very focused and um, on point so it's successful at the end. All right. I know I went a little long. I want to get some more questions in, maybe where you guys are having problems in your follow-up now and where I can help you. And then I'll send out this content. I'll even write out what the gentleman's agreement looks like, too. So if we want to open the line and ask some questions, I'm ready. At this time, if you do have a question, please press star 1 only once. And at this time, there are no callers in the question queue. Good. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep going then because I wanted to give them time. Um, this continues the the again, the same process continues out, correct? Um, if I have a if I have a product or program that's going to help them close more transactions, I'm going to leave them a voicemail that's basically, hey, Adam, this is Gavin over at Cross Country. I've got something that can make you a lot of money. Please be sure to call me back, right? And so when Adam calls me back, I'm simply saying, yeah, Adam, like we got this new program. It's 100% financing, no MI. It'll allow your clients to get into to home ownership with absolutely no money down. Is there anybody that you worked with this year that this would help or potentially last year that we had to put on hold to save more money, right? Um, a lot of times you can't get the listing agent and or a realtor to answer the phone. So a couple of tactics that I do. Number one is I will call them. Hang up. Don't leave a voicemail. And then I will call them right back. 72% of the time they will answer that second time because they think it's something important. And so I simply say if they answer, hey, Adam, so sorry, your voicemail cut me off in the middle, and so I just wanted to make sure that I connected with you. Thanks so much for answering my phone, or my, the, the phone call. 90% of the time they say at that point, well, Gavin, I'm super busy. I, I really didn't mean to answer. I thought it was somebody else. Of course you're busy. I wouldn't expect anything less from a top producing agent like you but I have an opportunity to make you at least $10,000 more this year. Can you give me 10 to 15 minutes of your time? We've got to get creative on what we're saying to get that initial appointment and then be creative continuously as we're following up. So be energetic. Have fun. Step outside of your comfort zone. Again, remember, following up is, is a full contact sport. Another tactic is when you're calling a listing agent, whether you know them or not, or just a real estate agent, you can simply call and say, this is Gavin Ekstrom. I'm at 720-231-6999. I'm calling in regards to your, the transaction. Click and hang up. They're going to call you back. And they're going to say, Gavin, you called me about the transaction and it hung up. What transaction are you referring to? Oh, well, Adam, I'm glad you called me back. I'm just refer like referring to your transactions. Like you are just blowing up. You're crushing it. I just wanted to see if there's a time that we could get together that I could show you how I'm helping agents close even more in 2019 than ever before. I want to show you a way that I can help you increase your income 10 to 15%. What I find, Adam, when, when clients work with me, they get paid more. They work less, and I guarantee 100% of their transactions close on time. How do you do that? When we meet, I'll show you. Guys and gals, you have the same 
you have the same ability as I do. You just have to dig deeper into what you're doing and come up with a creative way to sell it. I hope that helps you. A half hour is never long enough to uh, to describe something that's so impactful in what we do. But my, my advice to you, I'll send this out. I'll send you the gentleman's agreement. And then if there's ever any questions, I'm more than happy to help you um, refine and work on your follow-up process. Um, i got a few minutes if you want to ask if there's any more questions before we get off the line. If you do have a question, please press star 1. And at this time, there are no callers in the question queue. All right. We were going until 1230, correct? Or 130, sorry. This call looks to be a 60-minute conference, perhaps. 60? I had it as 30. Are we 60? I'm not sure. Teddy? Yes, it's, yes, it's a 60-minute call. Oh, thank God. All right, let me backtrack then. I was cramming in 30, so now I can slow it down. Yeah, because it was, it was put for 30 on mine. So I'm going to back up, guys. Because I jumped from week, I jumped from week uh, five to week ten, and I'm going to talk about the fill-in piece. Okay, I gave you some tactics along the way to utilize. Um, let me ask you guys a question: um, What struggles do you have in follow-up now, in what you're doing in your day-to-day? What are the struggles that you have? Are you doing it or are you just simply not doing it all? What does that look like? Don't be afraid. I want to hear it. The only way you can grow. Press star one, please. The only way you can grow is to ask a simple question. Someone share with me one tactic that they're doing now that they've had success with. Okay, we do have Adam. Excuse me, Graham, your line is open. Hey, Gavin, what's going on, man? Thanks for being so brave. All right, what do you got for me? (laughs) Yeah, so what's really been working for me is, um, you know, obviously the Monday emails out to everybody involved, like, you know, the the title, the listing, the and the – the buyer's agent, just putting on like the you know the name of your team, the name of the buyer, then you know the property address, and then your 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 updates on Monday, and then calling on Tuesday. So so far, I've been it's just such an easy tactic, but people love it. And then getting the getting the meeting afterward has been pretty easy that way. So yeah, um, it it really does because nobody out there is doing it. You know what I mean? So they see exactly somebody who's it. really good with their follow up. They're not. It's, here's the thing: the fortune's in the follow-up, right? But I've never met anyone who's consistent with it, and that's the number one thing that we get with agents: is like, man, you're just so consistent in what you do. Yeah, I don't, I don't spray and pray. It's just a consistent process, and as long as you stay consistent with it, it works. Um, what struggles have you had? Um, I would say probably like most people, just continuing. Honestly, it's the probably the forty calls on Monday. Um, just being super consistent with it, you know, because there's a lot of agents that want to blow you off. So it's really replacing those people and getting new ones. 
and people mm-hmm. that are obviously worth chasing down. So, you know, sometimes you feel like, you know, you're calling on some of the bigger ones and they won't answer your call and they don't get back to you, and that's fine. You just take them off the list. But my struggle has been replacing those on the list and getting and just getting after it on that Monday to get the 40 done. So the, the list kind of dwindles down, and then I don't replace it because I'm busy doing all the other things. So it's really replenishing that list and then just having the, the you know, the gahungas to just keep calling. Yeah, I think a lot of it's fear, right? We we don't like rejection in any way, shape, or sure. form, and it it hurts. But, you know, once you get used to it, then it's like if your average commission, you know, is, is $4,500 a, a commission, and it takes you mm-hmm. 10 Ten no, ten no's to get to a yes. Well, every no that you're getting, you're just depositing that one tenth into your account. So you're just getting that much closer. That's how I look at it, right? And even right. even I still get rejected, but I embrace it, right? Because if right. you reject me, I don't I don't swap out the top forty. If you're going to reject me, Graham, hey, no problem. I'm just going to call you in two weeks and see if anything else has changed. I'll talk to you then. And I don't give you time. I don't give you time to say, no, 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 Gavin, I'm good. I'm just going to hang up, and I'm going to call you in two weeks like I said I would. Because here's the thing. Graham, if I show that commitment to the chase, then basically what happens is if I'm chasing you at this level, think about how I would chase your leads once we're working together, right? And most lenders fall into the, oh, I got too busy and I, I fell off the tracks. Um, as far as the top 40, I, yeah, I mean, at what point are you then replacing people off of the top 40? Not enough, right? So you're probably I'm beating on an old list of people that just don't seem to be that just don't seem to be um, obviously sending me enough deals or sending me any deals. So it's spending the time to focus to get the to get the names back on the list or it's new names on the list. So I would say I don't know, I mean, you know, months, 2, 3 months and then and okay. then if they're not calling me back then so I would say I'm operating off of an old list that I just haven't updated. You know, and I'm finding ways, you know, I'll you know, I do events and stuff like that like everybody else just teaching core material and then follow up with people you know, on that doesn't always seem to be the best because the agents aren't aren't high producers. So, I would say probably at the end of the day, it's just getting people on that list that actually produce that can send me business. Good. And then refining yeah. my, yeah, refining what I'm saying, basically like what you're talking about. But if you go to the sales st- statistics that I talked about earlier, right? Mm-hmm. If you're saying you keep them on for two months, then if you're doing it, that's eight contacts, right? Right. That's still better than most because most right. stop at four. Now, right. what what are you saying to them when you're when you're getting them on the phone? Like, what does that look like? Are you adding sure. value to that conversation, or are you calling just to, for a handout? Uh, yeah, I mean, it just depends. So, you know, my my coach, the Matt Doyle, was telling me, hey, listen, you should probably instead of just trying to keep a business, hey, you know, try just setting up lunches just to get to know people a little bit more personally, right? So I don't know if, you know, if people are, you know, if they don't pick up, you leave a message, right? And if it's not that impactful, they're not going to call you back. So I would say my biggest struggle is the impact of those conversations. Now, the ones that you do have good relationships with, yes, those are impactful conversations. And yes, you do dig deep, but it's getting to that point with some of the new people that are on that list. You know, how do you get, you know, saying the right thing or, or what have you? 
Yeah. So if you're take take out a clean piece of paper. Sure. Draw draw four four squares. So just make a cross down the middle. Everybody on the call do this. Grab a clean piece of paper. Draw four squares because what I find is when when people are calling, they don't know what to talk about. And so this is an account executive tactic. So in the top right corner, right prequal. The second uh, box over, right fun fact. Underneath fun fact, right underwriting guidelines, sales tactic about them. Down below it, you write invite. And below invite, then just write happy hour, lunch and learn, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And then the box across it, I want you to write, let's see, pre-call lead, invite. I want you to um, write ask. And what I mean by that is ask them if they have somebody, like I just talked about, do they have somebody that doesn't qualify for the home that they're looking for? And can I have an opportunity to get them to qualify for more? And how you're going to do that is you're going to look at their tax returns. You're going to look at their pay stubs. You're going to look and see what you can do to get them to qualify for more. Reduced MI, maybe a buy-down. Hey, maybe paying off debt because they have enough money in their 401K. And or lastly, maybe it's adding a cosigner, right? Because the other Mm -hmm. LO may not be willing to ask. So when I do my top 40, I... If I've done a prequal for you recently, I say, hey, how's it going with the Joneses? Have you have you gotten them out? When are you taking them out? Do Did you get the prequal? Do you have everything that you need? So when you take them out this weekend, you're ready to go. Yes, good. Always go down to the next box and ask them, hey, Graham, is there anyone that you're working with that's not with me, which I know happens, right? I can understand that, that does not qualify for the price point that they're looking that with my ability, I could get them to qualify for more, right? Mm-hmm. And or then the invite. Hey, Graham, man, it's been eight months since you and I have worked together. Don't you believe that our businesses run better when we work together? I want to come and, and sit down with you and talk about how we can reconnect. We both got busy and went in different directions, and I sure miss working with you. Sometimes being a little humble goes a long way. And sure. agents want that. It's the attention piece. Then the lead part is, hey, if, I, if I'm already working with them, hey, did you do an open house this past weekend? Is there anybody that you're working with that I need to be talking to? And so if you have this in front of you, then your conversations are more impactful, right? I also put under yeah. there, you know, fun fact is, yeah, well, you can ask them, like, hey, tell me something new that's happening in your in your world. Man, I just took up surfing. Oh, my gosh, in Colorado, is there any water? No. But, you know, mm-hmm. just something fun that they're doing right. to break the ice, right, to tell sure. them about an underwriting guideline. Guys, I the one I use is the one I told you. I will literally call an agent that I know does a lot of Zillow that I do not do and say, listen, if I give you a tactic that will help you convert at a much higher level, 
will you send me any lead that you get from this conversion tactic? Can you, you promise to send it to me? Yeah. All right, here it is. Literally when you call somebody and they do not answer, hang up, count to 10, and then call them right back and watch what happens. 72% more likely to answer the phone. They're like, are you kidding me? I said, I'm not kidding you. And then, Graham, do you do a call night? Yeah, we do a call night. What night do you do it? Well, we do it on Tuesday. You know, Tuesday's the worst night to do it. There's a Harvard report out there that shows you that Wednesday and Thursday is the best night to do call night. I will come and do call night with you, and we'll use this tactic and see how successful it is. It works, you guys, like a champ. It's all done, it's all been done to you. We just didn't realize it was being done. <laughs> right? All right. Did that help Absolutely. you? Appreciate it, brother. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Any other questions? Star one. Yes. Next. Yes. Our next question does come from Ramon. Your line is open. Hi, Gavin. How are you? This is Ramon over in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, so here's my question. So um, I started with the core, and I've gotten through the first couple st uh, steps, and I've gotten the phone ringing. So I yeah. was previously with a bank, moved to a new market. And in two years, my phone's ringing. It's nonstop ringing. So where I struggle now is maintaining the structure of the core and still being able to be responsive in my business because I know that when those calls come in, if I'm not picking up or getting back to that client as soon as possible, that client very likely might go elsewhere. So mm -hmm. where's the balance? How do you meet, where's the medium in that? Uh, because I'm struggling to maintain the core structure but then also mm -hmm. maintain my production. Good. Great question. Tell me about your team. Well, uh, I just hired a part-time uh, assistant, um, and okay. I have been doing it without an assistant up until this point. So she's part-time with me three days a week, and we're now just training her and getting her up to par so that I can be able to stick to more of the core stuff. She needs to be full-time. Right. If you're already feeling okay. that pressure, right, and you're not responding, mm -hmm. the simple fix is to get her to go to full-time. And the advice mm -hmm. I'd have going forward is don't hire part-time people because mm -hmm. then you get part part of the work. You hire her okay. full-time to be there, right, and it takes mm -hmm. that pressure off. One transaction probably covers her pay, and you're probably losing that, right? Mm -hmm. And if you remember mm -hmm. what I, I started the conversation today with is is trust is earned in drops but lost in buckets. And the mm -hmm. minute that your service levels start to slip, then agents start to go, oh, no, here we go again, another lender that overpromised and underdelivered, right? Mm -hmm. And so can you, make right. the, can you make the a minimal sacrifice to have her there full time? Yes. Can you do that? Yes. Yeah. So if you can do that, then that's going to that's gonna take that pressure off of you and then help with that balance because that's one thing when you're in level one, level two, man, when I started, they didn't have it. But if they did, I would do exactly what you guys are doing because it's, it's a little better – it's a much better process at that level than jumping into just level three when you've got all these forms and I've got to do this now and this and then it's like, man, I can't even get a top 40 done because I'm still stopping all the bad habits and I have yet to surrender, right? <laughs> so the, 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 you sound familiar? So yeah, the absolutely. thing I would recommend most is 
bring on that person full time and get her, him or her trained up as quick as you can, but, but make sure that that person shadows you so they understand how you answer the phone and have a description of how you expect that phone to be answered, right? Right. Don't just feed her to the, him or her to the wolves and not have something behind it. The best thing to do is let, let them shadow you. Let them see how you interact with your clients. Let them see how you answer the phone. Let them see you in action. Don't be afraid to show them that. Good? Got it. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Any other questions in regards to struggles that you're having or questions that you have that I can answer for you? Don't be afraid. Next, this is we a do golden have... opportunity. Next, we do have Dennis. Your line is open. Okay. Hey, Gavin, how are you today? Doing fantastic. Right on, man. Well, hey, um, yeah, I was uh, I was really struggling with with Mondays and then making the forty phone calls. So I cut it, in, you know, I cut that in half, and um, and I started to notice that I was having more success. But then what I started to realize is as my production increased and the number of units that I was working on that I was having a hard time finding the balance timing-wise with my face-to-face meetings with people, and whether that be a lunch, you know, coffee, or something along those lines. And um, and ultimately right now, I'm working a lot of hours, um, and uh, my team is, you know, they're clicking, don't get me wrong, but I'm really having a hard time trying to fit everything I can into the my goal of trying to hit an eight to five, uh, eight to six, you know, um, work day. And mm-hmm. uh, but it's you know, but I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm reaping the benefits of income and units. But at the same time, it's just one of those deals that I, I'm just losing that piece, and it's not because of lack of focus. It's just um, it's just that thing of you know trying to be at those events you know keeping them punctual they always run over timing wise don't get me wrong but at the same time it's just something of, of trying to work towards that goal of hitting that time period and I'm just kind of curious whenever you were trying to you know finally give in to the program um, like you said a while ago what was something that allowed you to get to that point because I know you're a family man and everything like that and um, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that I'm trying to work towards, you know, is finding that balance. Mm-hmm. All right, so first thing I'm going to ask, don't use that word try. It's the worst word in the dictionary mm-hmm. because it just says we're not going to give 100% effort. It's like giving you a way out, right? Um, however, the other word that I want you to use is surrender and it sounds like you have but it sounds like also there may be a problem team-wise again that you don't have enough support around you to take to to shoulder some of this, right? So tell me about your team size. Okay, so I have um, I have one uh, loan officer assistant or juniorello that's fully licensed in every state that I'm in, and mm-hmm. uh, and then after that. I have a, a loan setup person and a processor. Um, the um, uh, I did have a um, personal assistant, but um, but I ended up uh, um, letting her go about uh, about two weeks ago, and mm-hmm. uh, just because of a conflict. 
and um, uh, but at the same time, I'm trying to find somebody for that role again. Um, but uh, but right now, my current team structure is that. So in volume, how much volume are you doing? The um, uh, right now closing about twelve. 12 loans this month. I have uh, nine on the books for next month and uh, hitting right at uh, okay. 2.8 to 3.4 million. So, so um, you're staffed efficiently. Then I would look at your schedule. Are, is everything time blocked? And I, here's, the, here's the thing I always say on contracts, guys. The contract date for closing is not a suggestion. It's a contractual obligation. So when I'm talking to listing agents, and I'll tie this in in just a second, but when I'm tying to, talking to listing agents, I literally say, listen, a, a contract deadline is a not a suggestion. It's a contractual obligation. We're going to work towards that, and we will not miss it. That's how I can guarantee 100% of your transactions will close on time. With that, now I'm going to go back to your schedule. Are you looking at your schedule like, I just looked at mine, guys, when I had the, the mix-up of, hey, this is a 30-minute call because on my schedule, it's scheduled for 30 minutes, but it's really a 60-minute call, so we missed it, right? But um, is your calendar blocked to where you have a start time and an end time, and it's like, I'm going to get all of these things done in this time frame? I don't like the fact that you're cutting it from top 40 to top 20. You're changing the program. It's 40 calls on Monday. Now, Oleg, like I'm on a coaching call with Oleg. He's one of the best. He literally does no meetings on Monday, and it's all calls because he's more impactful when he, he has the time to really talk to his clients, to his, his agents, and not be power dial, robo dial, get through them, get through them, get through them. He's methodically calling through each one at a time and being consistent and, and, and not worried about you know, having to hit them all in two hours. I'm different. Mine's, mine's three hours that I book out for it so I can give them more time. I don't do it all day. So I would make that tweak in your business first, right? How often are you hitting your theme day and getting getting those calls done? It's um, Right now I'm hitting it consistently for the last five weeks, and, um, and I'm hitting that in between – 9 a.m. and um, and then I'll go to 11 and then I pick it back up at 1 p.m. and I'll go until about 2:15 to 2:30. Dude, either every single and every single one of your agents is answering, or you're talking like like what's your what's your answer rate? Because that's a huge that's a long time to not get through 40. Oh, it's um, uh, right now my answer rate is I mean it is high right now. Um, on my call log right here, um, I talked to uh, I talked to 13 um, and left seven seven voicemails, um, sent seven text messages, and then I corresponded with uh, five others uh, in the afternoon of calling back. Yeah, but it's calls, not text, so you can't count those texts. So focus on the calls. I promise it's hard. I know it's hard. It would make a big difference in your business. But you're giving like 13 calls over that period of time. You're having about an average of about a 30-minute conversation. Unless it's about business, like you may be going too much on the, the track of personal, right? And then right. do you have – do you have um, – 
the job descriptions of everybody so they know what they need to do because the only thing you need to be doing is selling. And it sounds like when you're off the phone, you may not be always focused on continuing to sell. Correct. I only no. do the high-level activities that are going to make my team in this branch the most money. That's it. And being more consistent about value your time. Do the exercise. Take what you made last year. Divide it by 2080. There's your hourly rate. Do not do anything that's less than that. I want to make sure we get to a couple more more questions. But And if you, you, you can get through your concierge and have them get some private time with me, I'm happy to talk to you more about it. But I think there's just minor tweaks that you need to do, and it's not with staffing. You don't need to add, but I think you need to look at what they're doing to make sure that they know that they're there to assist you in being able to close and do more. And there might be just some white space or gray area where that needs to be addressed at a higher level. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Thank you. All right. Any other questions? We do have a follow-up from Adam. Your line is open. Adam. Hey, Gavin again. Yeah. What do you got? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So kind of in relation to the question I asked you originally, which is when you're looking at realtors, um, I try and stick pretty closely to the theme days and try and pack in what I can. So I do Tuesday update calls. I go after the listing agents. You know, I meet agents out and about. I still cold call. I, You know, um, I'm doing uh, average about eight right now a month in loans. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of leads coming in 40 to 60. So what I'm struggling with is somewhat of a balance between the intake of new realtors, new referral partners, and the consistent follow-up, which is why I asked my question of like, mm. you know, probably the, the sub-question of that is like, how can I eliminate how many of them I have to actually work with immediately? Because I can, I'm pretty good at getting an appointment, but then after that, it just seems like it's just so much work to maintain all of those relationships currently and who I'm bringing in, all that. So that's kind of my problem is the intake level's too high, I think. Well, too too many agents that not, are not doing any business, right? Is that what yeah, that there's I'm there's quite a few. Yeah, or some that only do you know ten or twelve a year, or you know they're nice people. Hey, I like them. I can probably a year get them, if they're not going to be time sucks. Right. Right. But who's your best agent? Right. Yep. A guy named Who Lee. is it? What's their name? Roll with me. like. Tell me what's what's that what's that agent's name? Uh, Lee, Lee and I do the most deals together. Lee, so if you were Lee and I'm you, I would literally call Lee and say, I am building my business. You are by far my favorite and best agent. And I know in your office there are other agents like you. Who can you introduce me to? Yeah. Right? Rather than you chasing these agents and then finding out that they're not any good, or, hey, who have you worked with that they just wowed you, that you had such a great, great transaction with that they were just, you know, they were easy to communicate with, they were like you. Oh, I worked with so-and-so over at Sotheby's, she's just great. Good. Would you mind if I called her and used your name? Because if we're not using third-party referrals, we're missing it. So if I call and say, 
Hey, Adam, Graham over at Sotheby's referred me to you. He said that you were the best agent to date that he's done a transaction with that didn't work for their company and that I should just get to know you better. They may or may not really know each other that well, but even if I use that triangle of trust, it works a lot better than a cold call. And that will help you build your business more. And don't be afraid of the age. Like, everyone's like, well, I'm afraid to go ask my agent for other agents. Why? I ask them who their backup is. And then I go recruit the backup. Why right. not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I'm not. Right. So Jim then Reed, you're balancing uh, Jim that intake better. Yeah, Jim Jim Reed yelled at us at a summit though that we're not calling enough listing agents though. <laughs> so I call a lot of listing agents and uh yeah, try and get those, but you know, some of them I can't always get the conversion ratio up too, so Hey, so so when you're calling a listing agent, what do they normally say? Well, I'm just a listing agent. I don't do a lot of buyers. Right? Is that what you hear? No, not too much out here. The market that I'm in is not, I mean, there's very few guys that primarily focus on listing. So I still, they still have a good amount of buyers. And I'm pretty much just trying to get a sit down with them if we've impressed them through the transaction um, and okay. try and earn that business that way. Well, and so are you, you obviously work at Summit? No, I don't work. You work at, at Summit or where? talking about that oh so here's the thing is make sure that your script is tight when you're calling the listing agent I want to talk through the expectations of this transaction how we operate and my team operates to making sure that we get to get to the closing table with the least amount of stress and we close on time the keys to Jim's get Jim's script that I like and I see a lot of people miss this is what can you tell me about the seller what can you tell me about the house? If you ask those questions, you'll find out a lot of answers that will then save you down the road. We just had one the other day where the, the seller decided to go out of town. Nobody told us, and now it's a mail-out. We're going to miss our closing date. When I asked that question up front to the listing agent, she's like, nope, seller's going to be in town. Everything's good. So you just got to make sure that you're asking the right questions up front and setting the right expectations. That makes sense. But do the buddy lunch. You're probably not doing it enough. So now you've got a bunch of agents calling you, and they're they're not doing a lot of production, right? right? Yeah. I would like to have fewer agents at a higher production. Ultimately, leverage the agents you already have to get to that point. Okay. Does that make sense? Absolutely. All right. I got time for one more. If there's one more out there. At this time, there are no additional callers in the question queue. All right. Thank you for my for your time. I'm going to get this information over to the concierge so they can send it out. If there's anything further I can do, call the court. Get on my calendar. I'm happy to help you any way I can. Thank you so much for your time, and have a great week. Bye. This concludes today's conference. You may disconnect the line at this time.